Welcome back to Displaced Underdogs. This is episode five, Big Toy Roundup. I am your host, Morgan. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a few ways to survive that last push to get the last minute gifts or the perfect gift. I'll also talk about how Aaron and I round up pre-existing toys and declutter and or spring clean early before Christmas. We round up clothes, shoes, books, toys, and all of that that have either broke, um, are missing pieces, outgrown, no longer relevant, so on and so forth. If it works for you and your family, awesome. If it gives you ideas for next year, sweet. So sit back, plug in, and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back. Today's episode will forgo a history lesson. A weird, ranty history lesson. Though, I did look into the history of gift giving and how our modern day Christmas came about, but no. Absolutely not. I am going to exercise some self-control and some restraint and just not jump down that rabbit hole because it is very convoluted and it is very very long and fragmented and all sorts of fun, but not doing it. <clears throat> so I also want to apologize for not knowing what the hell I'm doing and the lack of editing, though I really try to like um, script this out even though I go off script. So yeah, like I, I try very hard to get this down and I record like fucking a dozen times before ever actually deciding on the final recording but whatever I just I'm trying my best and I'm new to all of this still I think I'm getting more comfortable with talking because guys it, it it's fucking strange talking to yourself basically and then having to listen to yourself so and I'm still nervous as ever but yeah, I'm glad it looks like I've got at least four solid listeners. And again, you guys rock. I'm still on the fence about when I should start pushing my podcast out there. And I've yet to tell my friends and family about it, which is like really odd. Because this is actually more nerve wracking than coming out with the news that I was phone sex operating and stripping yeah I mean that was easier because it I knew they wouldn't go to the clubs I was dancing at and the chances of them even calling the 1-900 number for the company I worked for as a PSO and even getting me as as a operator was very non-existent like this is this is not at all what they were into and where, like, the podcast, they, uh, they'll look it up and listen. And as I said in episode one, they're a part of my regular day-to-day -day life or, like, annual life. Like, they're my friends. They're my family. Like, we're all connected. And even if we don't talk every day, like, we talk regularly enough. And, of course, family is family. Can't, no matter what, divorce your family. Um, not that I want to. I'm just saying, like, your family is your family, and you'll always find a way to have them back in your life again. So, yeah. Like, whew. And it's, like, I love them very much, and I know my family is, like, one of, like, any other normal family out there. And because of that, I don't want to hear some of the unsolicited opinions or, or advice because it's not advice or constructive criticism trust me on that it, it's more backhanded compliments and well-meaning insults like the other night for instance I was talking to my dad about a possible new job that I am applying for um, which is a corrections officer and I was telling him about pay insurance schedule 
and like the pros of it. I also mentioned the cons, but mainly the pros. And he pops off with this wonderful gem. Well, that's great, but don't be surprised if they don't take you because of your height. Like, like what? What in the actual fuck? Like, my, my size, my height, that... Guys, I'm 5'2", and about 125 to 130 pounds. No shame in my weight, no shame in my game, and no, I'm not, like, the typical fucking girl out there that goes, oh, I'm, like, you know, 10 pounds lighter. I'm gonna tell you that I'm 10 pounds lighter than what I actually am. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Okay, because even when I was at my smallest and most fit when I was dancing... I was always like 130, 135 pounds, somewhere between there. My weight fucking fluctuates. And and when I hopped on a scale or any of that, like, which I don't have a scale on a regular, but when I would go over to, like, friends' houses and whatnot, like, even when I was the most fit and my fucking tiniest that I've ever been, size three fucking pant, five foot, two inches tall, wearing a size fucking three and 30 fucking pounds muscles heavier than fat and I, my body type it, it, genetics have a lot to play into that but my dad popped off with that whole they're not going to take me because of my size my height my weight it, it's just like god you know fuck like really that that is like one I get it I, I get it it's it's my dad. He probably doesn't want to see me in a working a dangerous job, put in possible dangerous compromising positions. But it it's just one of those where it's like, come on, man. Like, come on. See, no. They need women corrections officers. They they need this and you know, women are typically smaller than men more often than not. Yeah, it's a fact, not only weight-wise, but height-wise, and there's training and shit, so whatever. Like, no, plus non-discriminatory laws that have since been passed, so, you know, all that fun, happy horse shit. I mean, when I was 24 years old, <clears throat> going to college, working a full-time job, and PSOing on the side, and then when I started dancing shortly after that... Like, again, some of the unsolicited, backhanded, comp like, insult is just, well, I mean, at least you're being taken, at least you're taking care of your bills and you're working, but are you sure you can compete with, like, the 18 to 20-year-olds? Fuck yeah, I can! Have you ever been to a club? This is why I know that they would never, ever go to a fucking club, because they've never been to a fucking club in their entire goddamn lives, and if they had, it was so long ago, and they haven't been to one recently that they don't fucking understand. First and foremost, strippers lie all the time. I mean, we have we have fucking stage names and we pretend that we have no problems <laughs> because we're not there to tell you our problems. We're there to entertain. People come when they want to escape the real world, when they want to escape their problems. So, okay, just on that premise alone, you're coming in, you're exacting a service. We're entertainers. That's what we are there to do. So, first and foremost, like... I mean, a lot of people didn't even know my age. They couldn't tell my age by looking at me. And so it's like, how old do you think I am? Okay, we'll go with that. So, you know, like that whole, that's, that's insulting. <laughs> then we wonder why people have problems with self-esteem and whatnot. Families are, like we are our own worst critics for sure. But sometimes it, it does not help that our family helps instill this in us for some reason. So, and again, I get it. Not everybody wants to hear that their child is doing, like, that type of work. I get it. But I just, I just don't. He already talked to me, like, when I was talking to my dad about, like, this crackpot idea of just, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Well, that's great. Just don't swear. You have a real problem with that. Try to be less sweary. I, okay, I am who I am. Like, can, so I can't work in as a corrections officer because, um, I'm too fucking small. 
I was never really good at being a dancer because I'm too old and not pretty enough. And now I can't podcast because I swear too much. Like, is there anything that I can do? Is there anything that I can do that you, oh yeah, when I wanted to um, get into nursing and whatnot, it was that whole like, oh, well, don't pigeonhole yourself into one thing. And you think you want to do that, but, you know, you may not really be good at it. Okay. I'm just not going to tell you anything that I'm doing with my life. How about that? That, 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 that's what I choose to do. It'll be sunshine, rainbows, and fluffy stuff, and I'll just, how's life going? Ah, good. No, like, what are, what are you up to now? Nothing. It's not important. Just know that I'm paying my bills and, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm taking care of my shit. Like, how about that? Hey, how are you doing? How's your work going? You tell me about, how's the family? You tell me all about, like, let's just, I'll pull out some phone sex operating hints and tips, which is get people talking about themselves because that's what they love to do. So let's not talk about me. No, it's not about me. It's about you. Let's talk about you. Let's, let's talk about the family. Let's talk about other things. Deflection. It's great because if I tell you anything about myself, you're going to give me unsolicited advice. That is just going to make me want to drive this hot fry right into your eye. I love you. I love you so much. But you don't realize how, how fucking dickish you are at times. And we all have it in us. I mean, there are times that like it feels like Aaron doesn't really support me sometimes, but then realizing that, yes, he does. So, I mean, it, it's all part of the family dynamic and it's all about just being people with people and everybody has their thoughts and opinions. And more often than not, I find that um, they give you that unsolicited advice and they try to like tell you no and they try to bring up all the cons and all the reasons why not to because of their own insecurities, because of their own fears. So, yeah, that's why I'm a little concerned about pushing, launching, air quotes, launching the podcast anytime soon. And so, like, honestly, guys, like, I've only, I've, I've recorded on Anchor, and I've only released this on Anchor that has then released it amongst the wilds of where you can get podcasts. But uh, I haven't actually, that's why I'm also lazy with like the Twitter and I created a Facebook page for displaced underdogs, but uh, I have not actually launched that website. And so Facebook always constantly reminds me whenever I log in, Hey, you want to, you want to do something about this? You want to get this out there? Get the word, share with your friends and family. And I'm like, ah, no, not today. Nope. I'm good. I'll, I'll fucking wait. That's what I'll do. I'll wait. So yeah, just always fun. So anyways, my, my odd little rants and ramblings and tangents are always great and good, right? Right? I'm a real person, guys. Just saying. And that was just kind of like on my mind because I still can't believe that I'm doing this. So yay, there's that. So toys, Christmas, gift giving. Yay. Back on topic. Um, Aaron and I are not what I would call minimalists by any means. Well, maybe Erin is more than myself, but that's because army living, you kind of have to live out of a suitcase in a box and you never know when you're going to go and how long you're going to stay. And I have a lot of military friends that are kind of the same way. So just him more so than myself because of that experience in his past. But uh, I also come from a military family and my mom moved a lot and Eventually, my dad started moving around a lot, too, because, you know, when you're private contracting, um, doing private contracting jobs, then, you know, you go wherever the projects are and how long they fund you. So, yep. But we may sound like it at times. I'm minimalists. Aaron and I might sound like minimalists at times, I'm sure. Just... It's not that exactly. It, it's more along the lines of we're, we're not poor, but we definitely live paycheck to paycheck and have a tight, tight shoestring budget. And we want to get the most for our children 
in our money and for our budget. And so therefore we find what works for us, which is what it's all about. So in episode four, Cookie Crumbles Traditions, I mentioned how experiences were more remembered over gifts we had received as kids. And apparently I'm hard to shop for because I just don't want a lot. At least not like small things very often. I want big things like a house stone, a newer family vehicle for the kids to be packed comfortably and safely, toted around, and stuff like that. We, um, so I mean, for myself, Aaron's kind of screwed on that. He and my family has said for years after, like, I turned like 15, 16 years old. It's, it's just, what do we get you? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and so sometimes, like, being hard to shop for, it's like, okay, got to think about this. Because one-year-olds are hard to shop for. Uh, both of our sons and our daughter. What the fuck do you get a one-year-old, guys? Like, seriously, what, what do you get them? Because everything, they outgrow everything so fast. So we always pushed hard for, air quote, dumb toys. A lot of our friends and family called them dumb toys. Um, when our oldest was only a baby going into toddler stage. And let me clarify. Dumb toys were no electronic toys. Nothing with flashy lights and loud noises. When you press a button, instant gratification. But that's that's like the only function. You press certain buttons in certain random orders and that's it. We were fairly strict about that because we wanted to harbor and instill imagination, creativity, critical problem-solving ingenuity in in our oldest. And let me tell you what, it, it worked. That boy, when he was three years old, managed to get out of the house using heavy, sturdy objects to build toddler stairs and then use brooms and forks and other objects as tools for his escape like and he's still very ingenious very creative and I love it because since he's the older sibling the two younger ones look up to him and it it's the like they are just the same way I love it and I hate it at the same time because now it's like a golly darn it I have to now outsmart you guys great and you guys are only going to get smarter as you get older. And you guys are already terrifyingly intelligent right now. And it's terribly creative in the ingenuity that they express is, is just, yeah, it's terrifying. It's awesome, but it's terrifying. So we wanted our kids to enjoy, like their youth and their imagination and and we want to be intentional as well and our philosophy and natural tendencies were always less cluttered and very intentional anyways so now family and friends have bought our children electronic toys and the like and they enjoy them but for the most part like they still go back to the blocks they still go back to the legos and like boxes and packaging are like the coolest things to like our two-year-old and especially our one-year-old and our oldest who's six gets in on that too <laughs> and it's quite comical because every single time our kids any one of the three like plays with boxes and gets in them it just kind of reminds me of Calvin and Hobbes comics where Calvin would like make a time machine out of a box and all that. And I just, I just always wonder what is going through their heads. So, and since starting this journey of podcasting and needing to be more focused and intentional for most of our episodes, I realized that those lean birthdays and lean Christmases that would make my mom guilt go wonky. Like I, I would always ask like, Why? Comparing myself and circumstances to others was a part of it. But I also found myself falling into that trap of valuing clutter and stuff over experience that make lasting memories. <clears throat> and so 
Like with those little anecdotal stories and everything. I mean, when we're thinking big toy roundup and Christmas presents and being intentional, it's focusing on our lovely, wonderful children. And and how do you be intentional? Because like I said, how do you buy shit for a one-year-old? It's It's ridiculous. And... So you tend to look up, especially my dad gives that um, advice of looking into consumer reports. And whenever he buys the kids' presents, and I know whenever like other people buy our children presents, like other friends, family members, relatives, and all that, like when they buy our kids' presents, they always look to the internet. They always pull out their phone. They always go to Amazon. They always look, and they always see what is the hottest, greatest newest thing and what's age appropriate and and I just like I personally I don't want to fall into that trap of you know advertisement because that's really all it is it's like that whole trap of tell her you love her this valentine's day with a diamond buy stuff if you don't have time for those you love spend money on distractions for them so they don't notice your absence the more you give them the more you love them right this is what every kid wants this is hot must have must have get me bye 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 and we bombard ourselves with images and videos as to why we're not enough like when you have this mobile device, your phone, your tablet, your TV, it like we, magazines, newspapers, we surround ourselves and we, we've made it worse because it used to be just like TV and newspapers and magazines. Like when you would be checking out at the store, lose weight, buy this, this is what you need. We used to bombard ourselves that way. And so there was like kind of that disconnect and there was kind of that break from it. But now that we have like cell phones which are basically computers in our fucking pockets and we carry them around everywhere i mean you can't even download a stupid game without getting some type of advertisement either for a different company that sponsors the app that pays for the game to be free or whatever or the game itself going buy more hearts so you can play longer like we are constantly surrounding ourselves with it and then then, of course, when you start putting on social media and everything and just like seeing the pictures, the YouTube videos, the, the Instagram news feeds, the Facebook news feeds, what I bought my kids for Christmas, what my kids did for their birthday. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. Everything has to be themed. And look at what I got. Oh, hey, look, here's how to do this on a budget. And like, and that's great for like the budget stuff. And if and I'm not complaining or like dogging the people that buy their kids a boatload of stuff for birthdays or Christmas, if that's if that's you, then fine, that's fine. I, but for the most part, like it, if that's you, if that is truly genuinely you and how you want to be and how you are, that's fine. But when you do it to prove a point and you do it because you don't feel like that mom guilt going wonky, like then who are you really doing it for? Are you doing it for you? Are you doing it for your kids? Or are you doing it for other people that don't matter? Like one of my favorite movies for moms is is a Christian movie. I myself am religious but not overly religious and I don't believe in shoving your beliefs down other people's throats. But I, I, but I do love this movie and, and it is kind of a Christian movie. It's so, but it is a really good movie and I recommend it like mom's night out. It is funny. It is heartwarming and it is true. And in this movie, um, you have Sarah's Drew character, Allison, who's the main mom and throughout the events of a night she's having a mom's night with her friend and the pastor's wife and it just turns into like this weird crazy adventure with these unfolding series of events that lead to this pivotal moment between Sarah Drew's character Allison and Trace Adkins who plays a his character who's a biker he plays a biker named Bones and and he gives Allison an amazing conversational piece, like speech, 
that that's true. Like Allison's care, like Allison says, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, let that one sink in guys, how much I give, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just not enough. And Bones responds, for who? Not enough for who? And Allison is kind of frustrated at this point. And so she does like the whole, I, she does, she responds with, I mean, Sean, which is her husband, the kids, definitely for my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. And Bones then goes to say like, you, not enough for you. And she looks at him. Then he goes into the story about his childhood and how his mom worked like three jobs and he would he would stay up and everything. He didn't know his dad and it goes on like then it does go into the like the religious thing, like she'd tell me something every night when she put me to bed that and he would she would tell me the same thing. Which is, he loves you no matter who you are, no matter what you do, or how far you run. Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And, like, that's, like, where it gets religious. And that's where it gets a little deep. But but then it goes on to say, like Bones says, like, you all spend so much time beating yourselves up. It must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mommy he did. So you just be you, and he'll take care of the rest. And like that, that is always what I kind of tell myself like you know just take a moment breathe relax when it starts to feel like oh my gosh you know am I getting the right presents am I am I not getting them enough do they have too much that's where it's like I just have to stop myself and I kind of remember that and again I'm not overly religious so change it how you want when when they mentioned the Lord or whatever. But the point is, when I start to feel that way, I remember that quote. And when I feel I should give more gifts at Christmas because my newsfeed will fill up with those pictures um, of near pic- picture perfect trees with tons of gifts under and around that tree, suggested mommy videos with the same images. And, and again, it's great for those families but I know my children and I know my family and my smalls quite enjoy what they get with great enthusiasm. So I guess first step to easy gift giving, just be you. And here's the beauty of it. Like just be you. You know what your family likes and love and you know what they're into. Breathe. It's fine. You got this. And again, that's my little mantra in times like these. So probably saying this more for me at the moment, but if it helps you too, yay! Hurlfy! Like, step two of easy gift giving, the value of the gift does not have to be money spent, but rather what personal equity will the recipient put on it? My favorite concept, intentional. Don't overthink it. Put yourself in their shoes. You know your loved one's personalities and what they value. And think on that. Because here's, again, the beauty of it. And here's the thing. Researchers have conducted multiple tests where one of the first, um, one of the first tests that they've done was a group of givers having to choose between a picture of a recipient's favorite pop star photo or a fun best friend snap in a frame. Like, 
when you're out with your friends and you're having a good time and at the height, the pinnacle of fun, you take that fun photo and you may not look the best, they may not look the best, but you guys are having fun and framing that. The givers always chose the safe bet and went with a photo of the pop star. The recipients really wanted that that best friend snap from that fun day. And they, they replicated this um, again with couples. And couples were tested in another go-around, and the givers were given two choices. A, a gift card to their partner's favorite restaurant, or B, a photo of them and their partner in a personalized frame, like with their initials or the date or something carved into the frame. That was significant for both them and their partner. And the givers went safe bet all the time and gave the gift card, much to the disappointment of the receiver that wanted the sappy, sentimental photo in the personalized frame. And so they wanted, researchers wanted to know where the disconnect was. And I think we all want to know where that disconnect was happening. So they had givers write out a time when they got sappy with gift giving and took that risk. Those that struck out would choose safe bet gifts over a sentimental gift option every time. And those that had a big payoff from giving sentimental gifts made themselves vulnerable and went sappy and sentimental. Which, tangent warning, is interesting because again, it ties back to we are constantly bombarded on a daily basis by basic, hot, they will love it advertisement because of the near mini computers we carry around on us. And we also carry around our failures around and and we have reminders that we put ourselves out there and we tend to feel not enough. Like so when in doubt, rather than spending boatloads of money on predictable, impersonal, and generic tripe, take that breath, relax, and remember you got this. You know your kids, you know your friends, and you know your family. If, if you have the budget, then get sappy with it and generic. Um, I know for myself... Um, especially like my mother-in-law, um, our budget got blown on sappy, but I also did this around tax return time. So our budget didn't get a hundred percent blown. I used some of that money, um, in making her gift. And I know for a fact that she's going to cry when she gets her gift. Like, I'm really sad. I'm not going to be there when she opens it, but that's probably a good thing too because then I'd cry as well like I'll, I'll take a short I'll I'll I would we would have to take a short breather and we would um we would just be like a cuddle cry puddle mess of just I'm so happy oh I know oh it's so beautiful I know how did you know I just I, I'm so glad you like it and it's a risk. It is a risk because, well, I'll, you know what? I'm going to go get um, some water. We'll take a short break and, and then I'll come back and I will explain why we'd both be crying and emotionally happy Rex. Like it would be happy crying, guys. Totally happy. So stay tuned. I will be back and go into that as well as why Aaron and um, also into how Aaron and myself prepare for Christmas and or spring cleaning early and how why we get what we get for our kids so go get yourself something to eat and drink as well or enjoy and I will be back momentarily all right so we're back um yeah so why we would be emotional, happy wrecks, my mother-in-law and myself. Um, you know what? I'll talk about it because 
by the time I launch this podcast and tell friends and family about it, my mother-in-law will have her gift. So, as promised, the reason we'd be emotional wrecks. My mother-in-law is going to love her gift. She is going to love it. She is a total slap. She is a total sap like myself. I am finishing a quilt for her. That's right, guys. I'm a crafter, and I sew. I not I not only do seamstress work on clothes, but I do quilts as well. And this quilt, it's bigger than me. <laughs> it's it's seriously bigger than I am. When I lay down on it, I have at least a solid um, two inches wide, and then like a it's it's between a queen and a full, uh, between a full and a queen sized quilt, and it is a pixel quilt. In her favorite color with her favorite Disney character. And in case you don't know what a pixel quilt is, you know, like the old school Mario with the, um, like what, 32-bit pixel-weighted pictures and stuff like that? That's a pixel quilt. You take an image, you pixelate it, and then depending on how intricate it is you math it down you do weird quilting crafting magic math and you make your squares accordingly i made the squares like two and a half inches because i gave myself um a half inch seam allowance quarter inch seam allowance i think i did a half inch so the the squares went all stitched together right side facing up and you can see the image it's they're two inch squares and there's like over almost there's there's over 1500 squares but i think it roughly came out to 1895 so like 1895 squares or 96 so it's an even number but it came out to almost 2,000 two-inch fucking squares in, like, six different colors. So, any hoozles, that's what a pixel quilt is. And it is in her favorite colors with her favorite Disney character. And in each of the background pixel squares, I wrote in fabric marker every date that is important to her. Like, her and her husband's wedding anniversary date... Um, her birth date, her husband's birth date, the birth dates of Aaron, his sister, and their little brother, and all the birth dates of all of her grandkids. And the best part, there are plenty of background squares to add more important dates <clears throat> for more grandkids, um, if and when they come, and so on and so forth. And the more grandkids are not going to come from Aaron and myself because I, um, after our youngest, I got my tubes tied and he got snipped. So probably from his sister or his little brother or, you know, and like great grandkids in the future, all that fun stuff. So like there, this is a gift that can be added to and grow and and it's something that she loves and something family's very important to her so oh i'm just so excited for her to get it i have to finish the last little bit of quilting on it but guys i'm so excited about this like one i'm just i love the quilt it's very i think i did a good job for my first attempt ever and I'll I'll have to pick post pictures when I'm done on like Instagram and on Facebook for you guys. So I don't know. You guys can be the judge of whether I did a good job or not. But um yeah, but I think I did a good job and I'm just so excited. I she is going to cry. And even Aaron's sister said, Yeah, she's going to cry <laughs> when I told her about it. But I fucked up, guys. I really fucked up. Because I gave that woman a gift no one can touch or top. Ever. I set the bar so damn high, without meaning to, that this quilt is, like, the next best thing. And it was completely unplanned. But it happened. Our daughter, mine and Aaron's daughter, was born on her birthday. 
Yeah, that's right. Our daughter was born on Grandma's birthday. <laughs> she already had other grandchildren because Aaron has two daughters from previous relationship. But this was her fourth grandchild and she happened to come into this world on Grandma's 50th birthday. Of all birthdays, her 50th birthday. Yeah, beat that. Like, you you just can't. Except maybe a quilt that's super sappy and sentimental for a person that loves and appreciates that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, her. <clears throat> so, so, it doesn't top the birth of a grandchild, but it is a close second. So, and I know that Aaron's sister's like, I fucking hate you. I'm like, what? She and I get along. We do. But she's like, God damn it, Ashley. Like, I'm in the hospital. I just gave birth to our daughter. And, like, when his sister showed up after work or something, I forget what she was doing, but once she came to the hospital to meet her niece, she's holding her niece. And her mom leaves the room. And it's just Aaron, myself, and and our oldest, and his sister, and our, of course, new baby. And then she's like, she's holding our daughter in her arms, and she's looking at her niece, and she's just being all cute and just like a super duper awesome aunt. And then she looks, then she stops. And then she looks up, and she looks at me just completely straight-faced, like no, no emotion, no expression. She goes, God damn it, Ashley. I was like, what, what, what? Like, everything changed. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do? Oh, fuck. How, what? I like you. Please don't hate me. I'm not okay. I just gave birth. No pain pills. No nothing. No epidural. Like, what happened? What did I do? You gave our mom like the best gift ever and no one will be able to top this what are you talking about she's like it's mom's birthday and you just had to give birth on this and she started laughing about it but it was just it's like oh shit like it did totally did bring everything to the forefront like oh my god it is your mom's oh no it's your mom's birthday oh i took away from her big day we just celebrated it this weekend what did i do nothing nothing it's fine we had a good laugh about it his mom came in and she was like oh yeah no i knew i totally love it thank you this is the best birthday present for grandma ever and then his dad chimes in like my father-in-law chimes in yes as one life is ending you bring another life into the world <laughs> oh stop it you oh my god it was so cute mom pot kettle moment <laughs> it's just so this quilt is like the next best thing. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I can, after this, I, I don't know if I can get that woman anything else. Like I, I got, gave her a granddaughter without meaning to on her birthday. So there's that. And now this quilt. And now I just, I don't know if there's anything else I can do after this. Like I'm just screwing myself. <laughs> and what do I give this woman now? So I'm just going to have to go generic basic. <laughs> oh man oh so yeah yeah so and that's why people are like god you're such an awesome gift giver so but i'm also an awful gift giver because i get super stupid excited to give the gift and try and i try so hard to keep it a secret and a surprise but I fail at that so hard more often than not I get those I love things they greatly enjoy and and will appreciate and love but I get so excited and my energy is just outrageous like I'm amazed my mother-in-law has been left in the dark for so long on this quilt because again like I started it back in, what, like, March, I think? Yeah. 
and we're now in December, so, and I still have to finish it, because it's a huge quilt, guys, and I don't have a long arm sewing machine, so I'm sorry, and like with kids, the kids, oh god, the kids get into everything, my daughter really loves mimicking me, and so she really, like, I don't even know if she really wants to sew, but she, like, gets up, and she watches, and she gets involved, <coughs> excuse me, and it's very much one of those where it's like, okay, like, between kids, the cats, the dog, work, chores and stuff, like, I was really gung-ho enough to get the quilt sandwich put together and to get it mostly quilted, but I still have to probably do 25%, I've got 25% of the quilting left to do on it, and... I still have to put the border on. Like, I still have to cut the border and then sew that that turkey on. So, this is going to be fun. Oh, man. Oh, but, yeah. So, moving on. I'm getting happy yet sad about her quilts. Because, again, she's going to love it, but I won't be there in person to give it to her, and that makes me sad. I know that we're probably going to Skype or FaceTime her, like, when she opens it. But, I don't know, it's it's better than nothing, yet still not the same. It's, like, better to do it in person, so... So yeah, now now I'm moving on. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> so our Christmas preparations in our house. Well, people decorate and go crazy with food and gift prep as well as the elf on the shelf malarkey at our house. Well, apartment really guys. Um, we have to get into a closet or two to get our decorations and stuff out and hide gifts. Which then brings to light stuff and organization, or lack thereof, at times. Like, we have to... It brings to light, like, clothes that haven't been worn in a year of our own stuff. Because, you know, getting into the hall closet and then our closet in our room. And then it gets us thinking about the kids and their stuff. So, around the week before Thanksgiving, we start attacking the kids' clothes and shoes and coats and pajamas and socks and hats and winter stuffs. And, like, we, we start going through, through their clothes. And by this time, too, typically, it's so that way we can um, filter out summer stuff, especially for the two little ones, the two-year-old, our daughter, and our youngest son, the one-year-old, because they just grow out of everything like crazy, so all their summer stuff isn't going to fit them next year, so I hold on to it. We usually end up, like, donating that or um, taking it to places like Once Upon a Child, so then that way we can get them winter stuff or kind of hit up their clearance of summer stuff for the next year. But, <clears throat> anyways, then we start going through their toys, Anything that is broken or missing pieces gets tossed out or recycled. Anything that is forgotten, <clears throat> not touched or played with, used, um, like anything that they haven't really used or in a while, then we donate those. And we got a little wise over the years. So we have a box, and anything that is forgotten gets put in that box. In six months, we filter stuff out of the box and put things in the box. So like around birthdays and stuff, we'll look through the box and we'll pull things out and then reintroduce them to the kids. And then, you know, we'll put things that they haven't played with in the box. And when this time of the year comes... We look at the box, and any toy that has been in the forgotten box for longer than six months, we typically donate it and note what it was, because obviously the kids aren't missing it, they aren't playing with it, so we know it was just not a 
it was a miss on the hit or miss scale, it was a dud. And any toy that is no longer age appropriate gets donated or tossed, depending on the state that it's in and depending what it is. And of course, any toys they play with regularly get kept. So toys they have not outgrown, but rather family or friends have bought toys a bit ahead of where they are at. Like my dad is good at that. So of course, as they hit those stages and get closer to it, I pull them out and we try to gauge if they're ready or nah, wait it out. So there's also some of those toys that get thrown in the box. Cause what do you get a one-year-old? I mean, um, that's, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, well this looks like he'll have fun with it, but then he's not quite there at that stage or that marker yet. And then there's a few things that my dad got our daughter last year when she was around our little man's age and like she was freshly two and no, she just turned two. So she was like almost two. That's what it is. Not freshly two. She was almost two. And so he got her some toys for Christmas that she now appreciates later. But at the time of Christmas, she had no real interest. Anyways, when it comes to getting the kids stuff, gifts, we follow those four marks that you like you see on Pinterest, the something to wear, something to read, something they need and something they want. And when it comes to clothes, we keep notes on what we cleaned out, what was outgrown, and for what seasons. We also typically only buy enough clothes to last the two little ones, tops and bottoms, for about two weeks. So, 14 shirts and 14 bottoms, about four nights of PJs, and a pair of shoes for each season. Maybe two for like, because rain boots are good for spring and fall. So, and that's only because the two little ones outgrow their stuff so fast right now that we typically get a size bigger than they wear on a regular basis, which works out because our one-year-old is about two inches shorter than his sister and close to the same damn weight. Our daughter is two and is already to my waist, close to three feet tall, if not over by a hair. And... She's in 3T clothing at two years old, but only for length, it seems. It's it's so baggy on her otherwise, and our youngest is in 2T clothing. Like, our little one-year-old boy, 18 months just doesn't work for him. He's in 2T clothing for almost everything. I mean, he's kind of a big boy. He was a big boy at birth. He was like 8 pounds, 12 ounces, so he was definitely the biggest child ever <laughs> for out of our three. And our oldest is six, and he's kind of plateaued for the moment, so he's in boys' small five, six clothing, but only for length. That boy is skinnier than a damn whippet. Like, genetics on my side are favorable for the most part. <clears throat> our daughter is looking to be like myself, as far as body build goes, like, strong legs with a tush, so she's gonna be a little thicker downstairs, but she's, like, but she's still skinny tiny. Like, she just, she just grew her legs too. Like it was the funniest darn thing. She was like all torso, like no legs. And then it's like, when is she going to grow legs? And then she grew legs <laughs> overnight one night, it seems like. So, <clears throat> but, but she's like kind of willowy and then her energy rivals that of her brothers. So we tend to get clothes that will last a bit longer and are a little bit sturdier made. So, and the gift card idea that I mentioned in, like, episode two will be something they need. Like, the reason behind that is we have three children. So, they really get one-on-one -on -one time with us. And so, that is a need that Aaron and I have, like, both agreed on. Like, they need that one-on-one -on -one time. So, especially um, our daughter right now is definitely feeling the little kid, the, the middle kid syndrome. So that's a need for them and for us it gives them a hundred percent undivided attention they don't get as often and it is necessary for us as parents to reconnect with them and strengthen those bonds with them 
kind of tying back into traditions and strengthening those familial bonds. So it, it can be a gift card for anything like clothes, books, ice cream, an experience to get them out of the house and go out with them and just have that one-on-one -on -one time. So for our six-year-old, it makes him feel like a bigger kid rather than lumped in with his baby toddler siblings. The want is, of course, the toys we think they will enjoy or like our six-year-old has told us that he will enjoy and said he is wanted. So like this year, our daughter is getting older and she love, love, loves Doc McStuffins and our dog. Her two want gifts are a huge unicorn stuffed animal, so I'm hoping she may snuggle that over the poor dog, because Ranger is just, he's six, he's going to be seven next year, he's a husky, he's getting kind of like a crotchety old man in some ways, so I hope that she attacks that dog, like the unicorn, it's bigger than our dog, so I mean, it's, it's, it's quite hefty. But um, she's also getting a baby alive doll that has a stethoscope and, and stuff like that. It's like the take care of me, I'm sick baby alive doll. And that was our Black Friday doll from episode three that I told you of, which um, she is going to super duper love because it's going to be exactly like baby Cece's baby. Like the the... The little baby doll that Doc McStuffins got before they brought home her sister. Her new little sister. So, yeah, our daughter is going to go nuts over it. And so, for our one-year-old little dude, again, what do you buy a one-year-old? I still have problems with that, and he's my third kid. But whatever. Well, his toy is aged for three plus years old with 127 pieces. It is a colossal construction set. Comes with a turntable, a working crane, eight vehicles, a drawbridge, and it also includes like tools and little, like not little, but like fist-sized rocks. So, you know, the other, we got it for him because it's kind of a decoy flashy thing. The other two, <clears throat> his sister and his older brother, will eventually play with it. And the crane bit will be awesome. So little dude will play with the trucks. And since it comes with eight trucks, like he will definitely love playing with that and figuring stuff out. But, I mean... He, that will be what he wants anyways, is, is the trucks. But there's also other stuff going on with that set that he'll also get distracted enough to have his little paws full to stay out of his older, his older brother's Legos. So, like, it's a kind of a decoy for, like, the older kids and for him. And so, like, that's, that's also trying to find that balance of what are they interested in and what are they going to play with. And what will hold their attention enough so that way they don't sibling fights are going to break out it's going to happen but but how can we alleviate sibling fights and his our oldest is getting legos this year so he's getting actual legos and he loves minecraft and has for like three years now i don't think that's going away anytime soon but legos are a great introduction to the to the possible Lego set we want to get him for his birthday, which is a Minecraft Lego set. So, he's also fucking creative and awesome. And I know Aaron cannot wait to build with him. I, I can't either, actually. So, and when it comes to something to read, our oldest has always enjoyed books on the universe and machines. He also really enjoyed when he was younger, I read him the complete works and fairy tales of the Brothers Grimm, like the originals. They were really dark, and he loved them. Um, he, we also read the complete works of Hans Christian Andersen and Arabian Nights to him. And, like, the original, like, these thick tomes. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call them books, fine, but, like, they're thick tomes. They're, they're the leather bag 
gilded edged paged like from Barnes and Noble the fancy swanky tomes essentially and and he loved it when I read them to them when I read them to him I mean I've read a ton to that little dude and our daughter is learning to potty train so so she's getting that literature in a fun exciting way <clears throat> and our youngest little bubbers he is getting a winter story, but our oldest is, is going to get something more engrossing. And since he's in school and he's learning how to read, we'll be getting him. He really likes cars books right now and planes books. So we will probably be getting him one of those books. And I'm thinking for all the kids, I'm going to get a find it book. You know, the not necessarily where's Waldo, but you know, the books where you read them and you have to find things so like I spy almost but yeah so that I mean as the younger ones get older we will tailor it down more for them so that way they get more of a personalized experience as well our daughter also has been gifted a few of my old books when I was a kid that my parents kept so their stocking stuffers are Hot Wheels and dinosaurs as well because the small toys they all seem to play with and fight over. It's just, so if you have your own dinosaurs and your own cars, yes, you guys are going to fight over it, but at least we can kind of go, hey, look, here's yours. <clears throat> so we tend to keep, we tend to kiss it at our house, which is keep it simple, silly. It's, it's actually stupid, but we say silly for the kids. Um, so, like, that that's how we prepare for it. Like, you know, when we get rid of toys, when we have to throw them out, when they break, um, when we donate toys that haven't been played with forever, that's when we tend to keep, like, little notes and we keep track of that sort of stuff. So then we know which ones were hits, which ones were misses. If it broke... Maybe this wasn't necessarily age-appropriate. Why did it break? How did it break? And clearly the responsibility and appreciation isn't there. So maybe when they're older, we can try something like that again because clearly they played with it so much and they loved it so much that it, it broke. So, um, and we keep like four categories uh, it's not necessarily that they only get four gifts every year. It's just we tend to keep it within those four categories. And so typically around this time of year when it comes to something they can wear, it's like pajamas and an outfit, maybe two outfits that are like winter appropriate. And then because our daughter's birthday is in the spring, that's usually when she gets um, a lot of summer clothes and stuff. And then... We usually um, buy our clothes, buy our kids' clothes out of season, which is also why they're a size too big as well, because it's not, I mean, cause, come on, the clearance is awesome, so let's face it. Um, and the boys, because they have their birthdays in August and September, they usually get like fall and winter clothes around that for their birthdays. So it's just, we, again, we try to keep it simple, silly. Like we try to pay attention to what they like. We try to pay attention to what they need. Well, we don't try to pay attention. We, we pay attention to what they need, but we, we try to expand on it past the basics, past that. Well, obviously they need clothes. Obviously they need a roof over their head, food, shelter, water, no, like they need that one-on-one -on -one time and we try to expand on that. How can we get them that one-on-one -on -one time? And it's not necessarily like, oh, I want to go to Barnes and Noble. And our kids love Barnes and Noble because they have a kids section and they love the toys. It's not just books. There's stuffed animals. There's toys. There's other things. <clears throat> so, you know, again, giving them that experience, giving them the gift of experience. So, Yeah. I mean, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Put a bow on it. Put that under the tree. Ayo! <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, don't be afraid to share your thoughts and opinions. Or, you know, just a simple 
applause hit, reach out to us here at Displaced Underdogs, either by emailing us at displacedunderdogs at gmail.com. Um, we got to do some shameless plugging here for like my four solid listeners, possibly five, because I, I saw the number go up once. <laughs> um, so, you know, shameless plugging warning. Follow us on Facebook at Displaced Underdogs Podcast. On Instagram, the handle name is displaced.under.dogs. Twitter, the handle is at under underscore pod, apparently. I mean, or check out our Patreon. If you want a shout out and never get, never got one, or you just enjoy the shout outs, I got you. If you want to pick a topic for an episode, I got you as well. And if you want to catch the newest episode, follow us where podcasts are posted. I know for sure we are on Anchor. I mean, again, it's how I record because I'm a regular human that needs streamlined simplicity at the moment. Like, I've got kids. I've got work. I need something that's just one and done. And and I hope to actually get better at this and get better equipment and actually make it more polished. But right now, it works. Um, so you can definitely follow us on Anchor. Uh, I know that we are on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Yes, and Stitcher. And as always, be safe and... Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we will have our Christmas wishes for episode six. Retail wishes going into the new year. Reflection on this past year as we are in the last hours, air quotes, of 2018. And just well-meaning happy holiday wishes to you and yours from me and mine. It may get a bit ranty when it comes to reflecting on the past year, but... I think I always have one little part that gets a little ranty. Sorry. I just, I just bottle it up and I got to release it somehow. And that's part of the reason why I started the podcast. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So I'll try to, I'll try to keep it in check, but we'll see. I hope to. I, I really hope to. So yeah. So tune in next week for episode six, Christmas Wishes. And till then... Stay safe. Appreciate ya. Talk to you next. Talk to you next week. Bye bye.